coming up. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is better. God wants us and God prefers us to have better over good. And we should say amen to that, God. Amen. We should say amen to that. And by the way, this is what mothers desire for their children. That's right. They, 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 they desire better over good for their children. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Everyone experiences life-disrupting events. When these events occur, we are forced to decide what our next steps will be. Now that deaths from COVID-19 have tremendously declined and safety measures are relaxing, what will be your next steps as a follower of Jesus Christ? Join Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn for the message series, What Now? As they look at how the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ helps guide our attitudes and actions in the post-pandemic world. Here's the fourth message in the series, Get Prepared to Gather, Part 1. And so, just as we've said the other weeks, the first point is, write this down, now that we are moving from significant death to significant life, what now? And so if you've been walking with us, you know that we've been asking this question because we've been paralleling the resurrection Um, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection with um, the pandemic. Because in the pandemic, uh, we have experienced um, significant death in the world. Mm -hmm. And now that we are coming out of it, um, and I know some areas in the world are still struggling, but many areas are coming out now. And so we're seeing a significant uh, restoration or preservation of life. And so we're paralleling it with that because of that, because Jesus's death was very significant. In fact, the most significant death because his death paid for the sins of the world and past, present and future. And then he resurrected, which was the greatest event in human history where he came back to life. And so we're paralleling that and we're trying to glean um, from the, the, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ to see what we can learn to guide us in the post, in our post pandemic living. Amen. And that's what we're doing. So hopefully you've been grabbing some nuggets from this as we've been walking through and hopefully today you'll get some more. Mm-hmm. So Psalms 118 verse 13 and 14, mm-hmm. 16 and 17, and also 22 and 23 it reads, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. So the psalmist here is talking about how they were in trouble. In fact, their life was on the line. In verse 14, he goes on and says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. I want to pause right there for a second so that we can focus on this a little bit. When the pandemic hit 
and we were getting all the reports of all the deaths that were happening. And some of us have experienced death with friends, family, co-workers that some of us it's touched close. And we didn't know what tomorrow would bring. We didn't know if we would contract a um, COVID-19. Right. And we didn't know how our bodies would respond to it. Therefore, we went into um, um, wise mode and where, where hopefully you were wearing your mask and staying six feet apart and sheltering in place as they ordered us to do. Yeah. But it was so much uncertainty and we didn't know whether death was around the corner for somebody we knew, a loved one of ours, or for even ourselves. Yes, that's right. But God has brought us through. Amen. God has brought us through. And so we can now declare at this juncture, and some of us have been vaccinated, which is not a guarantee, but it does gives us give us better um, success rate if we were to contract it. Mm -hmm. But we're declaring now that we shall live and not die. Amen. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is, as the text says, to proclaim um, what the Lord has done. It's not about us. It's about proclaiming what the Lord has done. Mm -hmm. And I want to pause parenthetically mm -hmm. here and tell you a joke I heard. I don't typically tell jokes like this, but I'm going to tell this one <laughs> because I see some relevance to it. And I, I may not get it all completely right, but I think you'll get the gist of this. I heard, um, 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 uh, what's his name? Now his name escaping me now. Joel Osteen. Oh, okay. Joel Osteen said this joke on 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 his before his program <laughs> a few weeks ago. He said uh, there was a woman who had been um, diagnosed with uh, uh, serious ailment, and um, and they thought that she might not make it. Mm -hmm. And so she prayed hard to God, and and God answered her and said, "You you're not going to die. You're going to live." Mm -hmm. and um and so she uh got care and um, she came out it came out of it pretty good and she recovered and so since she was she lived she decided she was going to go out and and get uh liposuction and um she got a facelift and and um some other things to beautify herself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and since she said she's going to live and, and so a couple months later, she passed away. Mm. And then when she got to heaven, um, she said, God, you told me I was going to live. Mm -hmm. And, and God said, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you. Mm, but I'm <laughs> that, that that was that was the uh, that was the punchline. Punch yeah, that was a punchline. Okay. So y'all see why I don't typically tell jokes, but I wanted to make a point about it. <laughs> they would be better if you remember them, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a joke about this. Is that it was that uh, uh, instead of rejoicing. And that God told her to live and living to glorify God. Yeah. She felt that I'm going to do something for myself. She mm -hmm. go, and that's really what not it's all about. God doesn't give us life for us to just 
think about ourselves. Right, right. Um, he gives us life so that we can glorify him. Our lives are intended to glorify him. Amen. And so that's the underlying uh, point of the joke. I know I butchered it, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. And so here in the text in the Psalms uh, 118. If you it, want to finish reading 22 and 23 of the passage. Absolutely. Okay. Verse 22 and 23 says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. And this is a prophetic reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because they, when they crucified him, they rejected him. Mm -hmm. But through his resurrection, he became the cornerstone or the, the marker or the, the measuring point of everything that's being built. Yeah. He became the foundation, that, but they rejected his stone. And so it is a prophetic reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then verse 23 goes on to say, the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Marvelous. Amen. Amen. And so um, uh, now that we're moving from significant death to significant life, we're asking the question, what now? And so today we're going to use as our case study um the early church so write that down from the perspective of the early church what now mm -hmm. from the perspective of the early church what now um i want to give you a few, few points here one is going back to normal is not an appropriate option Going back to normal is not an appropriate option. I know, yes, this point has been here the whole time too, but I want to keep reminding us that going back to normal is not appropriate. And I want to give you multiple reasons why we've been doing that. And today I want to give you another. Mm -hmm. um, and so just understand that normal, normal was good. What we did before the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, how we were living, it was good. Mm -hmm. The way we lived, the way we did church, it was good. But trust me, it was not best. Yeah. It was not best. We, it can get better than it was before the pandemic. And in fact, it should get better because everything that we um, experienced through the pandemic should have made us all better. It should have grown us all, drew us closer to God and closer together. So what we do after trans the, the pandemic, it ought to be better Man. after all we've been through. Acts 1.5 says this. Um, when Jesus was, was speaking um, to, to the disciples, mm -hmm. Um, he said, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what Jesus told his followers. And in other words, the baptism of repentance was good. It was good. Mm -hmm. That's the a way, another way to phrase the baptism of John, John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. he, he said, you, you should be uh, baptized unto repentance. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is better. God wants us um, and God prefers us to have better over good. And we should say amen to that, God. Amen. We should say amen to that. And by the way, this is what mothers desire for their children. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. They That's they right. they they desire better over good mm-hmm. for their children. And sometimes a mother's desire for this can be uh, not the desire, but her tenacity about it for the child can be sometimes bothering. It's like, mom, (laughs) (laughs) mom, stop, mom, I told you. You know, she she hugging you, kissing you, squeezing you tight, or, you know, just wanting better for you. And you're going, mom, okay, okay. Or just doing extra. Or just doing doing extra. Mom's just doing extra. But it's coming from her her passion and her tenacity to want better for you, not just good. Yeah, want better than what she had. Yeah, well, want know? better than what she I had. Exactly. Want mine. You know, I want them to do, you know, have better opportunities, you know, better things, better life than I had. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes our, our, our mother doing that can be, you know, we can get frustrated with it at times, yeah. but hopefully me saying this today will help you tolerate it a little bit better and just know that your mother wants better for you. Not yeah. just, not just good. Same as God. God wants Amen. better for us, Amen. not just what's good. And so we should understand that. And but I also want to tell you that better is not necessarily quantitative, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it should always be qualitative. Amen. I'm going to say that again. Make sure you catch that. Mm-hmm. Better is not always quantitative, meaning you can't measure it by its size or its amount. Yeah. But better should always be qualitative. Mm -hmm. The quality of something should be should always be indicator of better. Of better. And keep that in mind as we move forward on post pandemic. Mm -hmm. We got to keep that in mind. And I want to give you a couple of examples of this point. In first Corinthians 15, six. It says after that. And then what are you talking about after that? We're talking about this is post-resurrection. Mm-hmm. The, the text in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about some of the things that happened after Jesus revealed himself and, and when he got up um, out of the tomb. Mm-hmm. And it says, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of, his, of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Okay, I, I want to pause on that for a moment. So the resurrected Jesus Christ, we talked about this earlier in the series, but we're revisiting it now. The resurrected Jesus Christ revealed himself to over to to 500 of his followers Mm -hmm. at the same time. Right. Don't miss that. We're not talking about 25 here, you know, 50 here, another 70 over here. No, the text tells us it was at the same time. What does that mean? It means that they were gathered. Right. They were together. Mm-hmm. And he appeared unto them. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say, the text says, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. So at the time that the, this, this letter was written, most of them were still alive. Right. And this is 500. Now, why is this significant? It's significant because we're going to talk later about how when the Holy Spirit came, it was just 120 of them together. Mm 
-hmm. which we mentioned this earlier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When 500 saw them all at the same time. I don't know what happened to the other 380. Hmm. I don't know what was going on in their lives that they weren't there with the 120. Right. But they weren't there. Yeah. Hey, they, they weren't there. They missed out. And so, again, but the ones that were there, that 120, mm -hmm. we're going to see we're going to see some indication about them that's going to prove to us that those being together, it was qualitative, though. Yeah, it was qualitative. And then another example of quantitative versus qualitative we find in Judges chapter seven in the life of Gideon. And mm -hmm. some of you are familiar with this story where God was going to use Gideon to deliver his people. Mm -hmm. and, and it says here in Galadian, Judges 7, 3, it says, now, now announce to the army, this is God talking to Gideon, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. They're getting prepared to go to war. And, and, and God tells Gideon to tell them, if you, if you, if you fear, if you're fearful, yeah. you can turn back. You ain't got to come. Again, the whole idea of qualitative. God was like, oh, we need what well, God wasn't saying, no, we need more people. He said, no, we need the right people. Right. Quality. We need, <laughs> we need the, the quality of people. Right. If, if you're fearful, you just go on. Yeah. Just go ahead and yeah. leave. That's we, not the quality That's, that's not the quality yeah. we're looking for. Yeah. And then he reads on. So when God said, when Gideon told him that, it says, so 22,000 men left. Mm hmm. While 10,000 remain. Mm -hmm. Y'all get this? Yeah. So he started out with 32,000 to go to war with. But when he raised the question, if it, any of y'all scared? Yeah. <laughs> 22,000. Left. Left. Mm -hmm. Over two-thirds of them said, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. So you, you, here's again, we're talking quantitative versus qualitative. Right. So 10,000 remain. But look. God broke it down even more. Verse seven goes on and says this. The Lord said to Gideon, with the, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So instead of taking the 10,000, God said, Gideon, we're just going to go with 300. Mm -hmm. So we see. 300 we, quality. 300 quality. People, yeah. People to go to fight the war with. Yeah. So again, my point is, and I want to make sure you catch it, I stated it already, is that better is not necessarily quantitative, but it is always mm -hmm. qualitative. Yeah. Always qualitative. Always. And that's two examples of being qualitative. Yes. So the second um, uh um, perspective of the early church we want to look at what now for is the church must get prepared for better mm -hmm. the church must get prepared for better whether it's uh whatever better is mm -hmm. whether it's more or for increase you can call it sometimes it is quantitative other times it's not like i said it's always qualitative though You're right always but in either case we need to get prepared for better and when we say the church, yeah, if you're a child of God, you're saved by grace, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are part of the church. Amen. So when I use the term church, just know as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm talking about you. Mm -hmm. That includes you. 
Amen. So Acts 1.8 says this. Um, Jesus talking again to his followers. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So what this tells us is part of the preparation for the church to get, get prepared for better. God has to do part of it. Yeah. Okay. God has to play a role and do part of, of the church being prepared for better. Okay. Um, God's going to do, do part of that. So I want you to keep that in mind as we move forward. And we'll talk real shortly here about what's the part that we have to do, though, as the church. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. I know some of y'all just need to know everything. <laughs> you just need to know. You just, just you, you, you one of them. You one of them looky loos. You, you know, you want to get in everybody's business. And I'm telling y'all, that's not that's not where God wants us to be. Yeah. God wants His followers to be comfortable, not knowing. This this is an opportunity to exercise faith. Thank you for listening.